criticism of Cox. He can go on the not preferred. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Perkins threw a bit of traffic. Oh. The right foot nada. And it's just class. It bounces the way of Jones. This is extraordinary now. Picked up by Stringer. One-handed. Onto the right boot. Jake Stringer. Welcome back to the thank you, Scotty. Thank you. Welcome back to the lunch. You got to turn that off now. There we go. Welcome back to the lunchtime catch up podcast. Lunchtime catch up podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry, no, I won't do that again. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah hey, hey, everyone. Good to be back. Um, yeah, so. We've got board election time. Big show tonight. Um, double double head of guests. I think that's <laughs> yeah. the first one that we've ever had. <laughs> Dangerous words, but Hello, yes. Let's, just, um, let's keep going, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so we uh, we wanted to uh, be very open um, with all the candidates who are running for the board election. Yep. Uh, as you know, Andrew Welsh, who's a current director, he's, he, he would need to be voted in to remain. Uh, Andrew Muir is, is the same, and he'll be on the show soon. Um, so... Uh, two people who are running uh, to be a board member is Paul White and Ben Dunn. So tell us a little bit about Paul White and Ben Dunn, Mr. Grant Hill. Yeah, sure. As I um, as I grab something that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have already had ready. Mate, look, it, very simply, um, like you said, these are these are two guys, um, passionate Essendon supporters, um, who are putting their hand up to be board members of the club. Now, one of the unique things about the, uh, the AFL and football clubs in general is that you, me, or anybody else could put our hand up to be a board member of the Essendon Footy Club, and if you get the required amount of votes, you're in. So two of these guys, or both of these guys, um, have done exactly that. Ben Dunn is a former EFC board member around the two, 2008 period. Um, he's a venture capitalist um, and is, uh, is putting his name up for a seat on the board. And then we've got Paul White. Now, Paul White's a corporate governance professional, self-described passionate member of the Dons, um, and is also putting his hand up for, uh, for selection tonight. Now, as Scotty said, we've had um, high-profile um, Andrew Welsh um, on the show, who's an actual board member at the moment. I think he replaced Simon Madden. Um, but he is up for election as well. Um, we'll have um, Andrew Muir on um, later next week um, in another exclusive for the um, for the pod. Um, but uh, these two guys tonight, we're going to ask them all of the standard questions that we would um, that we'd ask anybody, like the likes of Andrew as well. Uh, and we'll give them time to uh, explain to us why they should be members of the of the uh, board. Yeah, and that's I think that's the the fairest way of doing it. Uh, it's just having everyone just be able to just sort of state their case and and hopefully uh, the members can can have all the info and that's the important thing for us that everyone has the uh, the information and and can make an informed decision. So look, we we're really happy for for Ben and Paul to to come on. So what else is happening just before we go to a break and and go to the interviews? Um, so we've got the draft coming up. Uh, all, in, all important, all important this year. I get the feeling um, it's a it's it's between about four players. Um, Philip Matthias Philippou. Philippou. I, I think it's had Philip, on the show. I might be actually said Philippo, from, but Philippo. 
But uh, I'll be correct me if I'm wrong. But that that'd be the guy that we personally interviewed. <laughs> that she personally interviewed the therapy stuff. Yeah. Sorry, Matthias, mate. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Uh, yeah. So he's he's a really cool guy. So I've been actually chatting to him even after the show. So Co- confident lad, isn't he? Yeah. So he's he's pretty keen to go to the bombers. I think so. Yep. He he was um down at the club last forty eight hours and met. Dodoro and Brad Scott and, and the family met Brad Scott and apparently I went really well. So that's cool. Uh, then uh, uh, Sardis, who uh, is ranked around about the third in most fandom drafts um, uh, or form guides. So he's he's definitely right in the mix, 186 centimetres, uh, very fast kind of mobile midfielder. Uh, so he's yeah he's in the mix and he's also met the met in the last twenty four hours met Brad Scott and, and Dodoro so and I think Humphrey maybe Humphreys maybe um Humphrey sorry uh maybe uh meeting all the crew as well very very soon and uh, Gimby as well I don't know what his situation is but uh, he's sort of been discussed about for us and look probably all fairly common themes of decent sized players, uh, whether width or height. Uh, so look, I think that's what they're trying to address is just a, a bigger, bigger frame around the, around the pack. Um, so I, I really like, I won't say I, I feel funny cause everyone asks, you know, who's your favorite and what, I mean, I, I can get sucked into an interviews and I loved Matthias. So I, I was, I was like really drawn into <laughs> listening to him, but you, you know, you can't be too one-sided too because you've never talked to Sardis and, and the guy literally is ranked third uh, in the country. So you've got to acknowledge that he has leather poisoning and that's his that's what he does. And Look, yeah, so. Matt, I think – I don't know that there's going to be many the bad choices. Yeah, there's, there's not going to be many bad choices here. It depends. I mean, Brizzy get Ashcroft and then North have got the pick of the next two or something or whatever it is. Probably so. Shears on Wardlaw. Yeah. Shears on Wardlaw, right? So – we're going to get access to a talented um, kid, yeah, a massively talented kid, and then of course the other option is is that the big red fire engine splits his eights or something like that and says right you can have pick four but I want pick seven and pick whatever next year or pick twelve or whatever. So um, who, who knows? He could uh, he could end up owning real estate as part of this deal, <laughs> Dodoro. He might actually get um, the entire hangar paid off as part of the deal as well, plus a second-round pick. He's that good. Um, so, yeah, no, we're going to get a massively talented kid. We're a little bit biased because we interviewed the boy, but, um, Matthias, I know you're a listener, mate. Um, and, I'm a, look, I, I'm a sucker for confident athletes. So, I, and I think he said it really well. He goes, I, I do t- – he goes, I actually do understand the difference between arrogance and confidence, and I, I genuinely believe I have confidence and not arrogance. I know I've got a lot to learn. He goes, I know when I step into AFL, you know, I'll hardly know anything and I've, I've got to be, you know, humble and learn all that. Okay, I think he had a good balance, but I, I do like a player with a lot of self-belief. Uh, so there was just something about him that, you know, you know, he really, it's just sounded, he was kind of beaming across of how much he wanted to go to Essendon, but then suddenly the Sardis crew were on SEN and they said how much they want to go to Essendon. So it's, it's um yeah for for a club that's had a terrible year it's kind of uh it's kind of feels funny having all these kids saying that uh, look, we we, we still, and this is maybe because Gold Coast is after us well that's true <laughs> I, I think I think um it's an in, it's still an endorsement of who we are as a club like deep down I think everybody realizes including the best kids in the country realize that yeah, look it's still it's a big a, club yeah it's still whether a big we like, club mate yeah whether we're cynical or not um. You know, I asked on the side, you know, 
you know, how would an Anzac Day kind of vibe would you be, Matthias? And he, and he said, look, you, you can't help but think about it. Like, it's whether you're only human to go, I could be on centre stage, 100,000 people, mm-hmm. um, and that's where I want to be. Is that exactly Brand spanking so? new facility at the hangar, um, great sponsors, the whole nine yards in Essendon, right? And sure, we've been busted or broken or a bit sort of not okay for a few years now. <laughs> yes. um, but still, I, I reckon, like you said, the kids can see it, probably those kids' managers can see it, that we, sh- we shouldn't be finishing fourth last, right? So well, I think they all see a young side too. Yeah. So I think there's a, a natural attraction to see a whole lot of um, young talent or, that you're joining mm. uh, to kind of go on a journey. So I think we have a bit of attraction that way. Mm. And and look, there's no doubt that when Eston's talked about the year – the, the Essen themselves have said we may need some bigger frames in, and these kids are bigger frames. They go, I actually see a spot for me. Mm. As oh, well. I agree. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, which is um, which is uh, half the battle. Who was the <laughs> who was the reasonably good midfielder with question without notice that went to Geelong? Just recently, there was he was up for grabs or something. He went oh, to Oh yeah, from Gold Coast. Um, from GC. Yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, because it comes to me soon. They yeah. can see. Um, Dangerfield ain't as young as springtime anymore. Joel yeah. Selwood's gone. So they can see who's next. They've, they've got a spot. They've got a clear pathway to play ones. Um, someone like um, uh, the the young kids that we could be looking at are thinking, yep, no problems at all. Straight in behind Zach Merritt. I'm, uh, I'm next cab off the rank there. Jack Bowes, by the way. Jack Bowes, yep. Next cab off the rank behind Parrish. And, and there you go, really. So yeah. And a point of difference in the size of their frame. Um and what they could potentially do for the club. So um, it's really, really, this, this draft, I know, I think we say it every year. It's exciting. Uh, right? It's exciting, man, to see what is going to do with this or is he just going to go pick number four, bang, I'll take you, thank you very much, I'm out of here. I think, look, I think the nerves, and we've, we've got to get to uh, Ben Dunn in the next two minutes, so Roger. I think the nerves are probably around more, in some ways, around Davey and if someone's going to bid just before we go to select them and we lose that second round. So uh, it's a very nervous – the first round, I think it's the first 18 or 19 picks. Um, so – and then we have to wait till the second night. So Oh, that sucks. So, yeah. Two it's nights, gonna, that's ridiculous. It's going to be uh, – uh, you know, if it's not bidded on the first night, oh, gee, it'll be a very nervous second night. So yeah. – Let's get to our candidates. Uh, so, look, uh, we'll go to a break. Um, I actually, when I do that, I should actually set up the music. Yeah, so. no, that's true. Um, only 100 and how many, 300 and how many shows? Um, but, yeah, join us after the break. Ben Dunn um, to talk about his um, application for the board. Sounds good. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, joining us today is uh, Mr. Ben Dunn. Ben uh, is a former EFC board member around that 2008 period, um, does a little bit of venture capitalism on the side, um, and is uh, is up for a contender um, for the um, for the new board at the Essendon Football Club. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Grant, and thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's, it's, it's a pleasure, and um, I've, I've thanked you for having me on, but also I just want to say, as I've said to you previously, that um, I think this is really important and these podcasts go out to, to fans and I think that 
um, elections at footy clubs. We're very passionate about them, but they're they're terribly important. And it's great that you guys are making your podcast available to get as many of the people that are standing for the board on. And hopefully with your broad listening ship that, you know, people are able to get their message across. Um, I'm, I'm passionate. If I can just jump into it, I'm, yep. I, I, lo- I love it, elections. I love elections. And I think that um, I think they're, they're very good for the club. I think that in a nutshell, I don't think it's been healthy over the journey that we've been appointing people to the board on a consistent basis. I think from outside, it feels like it's led to a little bit of groupthink mm-hmm. and that I'm not sure that, um, you know, we've been as critical in our decision-making and processes as we probably should have been. We need to bear in mind, look, people are volunteering their time and they're doing their, and they're doing their best and they love the club. So I think, you know, we have to have respect for people doing that. Um, but overall, I don't think it's been sort of a great period post saga and that I'm a very strong believer that the culture of the business is set from the top and we grow the business from the bottom. And by that, in a football sense that we set really strong standards about being honest and with each other and being critical, um, but being together. And that comes from the top, from the board down and then, you know, we really develop from the bottom up and that I think we've all recognised, certainly the club finally has, that we haven't been putting enough into the development of our young players, you know, particularly when we've got such a young list that we should have foreseen this, that, you know, we should have been um, really arming our players, developing our players um, at a greater rate and a better rate. And I think that in some ways, you know, I felt sorry for the players over the last couple of years that you know, I don't think that we were putting them necessarily in a position where they could be successful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, some good points, and and I agree uh, definitely on the development side. And um, you could almost extend that to the uh, lack of detail to the VFL program uh, to extending that, and and how that's kind of yeah. collapsed in some ways. Uh, yeah, in the last Sorry, two or three years. I was going to say that, yeah, I mean, I was nodding furiously there for, for people at home. And thankfully, they can't see me because I've probably grown the worst Movember moustache <laughs> that you're ever going to see. Those for the boys um, in November. Well done. You know, and so if you want to go to my go to my Instagram, if you want to see how bad it is. Um, but uh, look, for me, I started thinking about running back for the board again when I went out and watched us play Port Melbourne Yep. down at Port earlier this year. And... Um, I just was, you know, shocked at how it really felt that our program was was unprepared. Um, the guys, you know, Brent Stance and the guys, Hurley and Fletch were assisting him and everyone was doing their best and Paul Cousins, you know, really leads from the front as, as president there. But, you know, we just weren't giving them the tools. I mean, you can't fight a, you know, you can't go and fight a war if you're, you know, only throwing rocks. Yep. Um, we just weren't we weren't putting our guys in a position where they could learn and grow and develop into really really good AFL players by developing through the VFL. And I think that you know full marks of the club now that they're addressing that. But again, I mean, I I don't want to sit here and throw rocks, but to use the metaphor, but um, all of this stuff has was was obvious to supporters over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say, don't you think? Yeah. Fitness, game plan, lack of development. 
Um, it took an external review for the board to act. And for me, that's a concern. What next? Okay, great. We've done the external review. We've acted on it. Fantastic. But the game evolves, right? We can't, you know, mm. we can't catch up and then stop. We've got to keep moving. You've got to keep evolving. You can't pat yourself on the back. You've got to, you got to, no, you got to you know, be the, yeah, up to date within the industry every year. This is, the, and, and leading it, leading it. Mm. Um, you know, because we're, we're getting up to now a whole generation. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was a fair bit younger, but growing up in the 80s and 90s and, you know, under Sheedy and we're a great club and we're a successful club, um, you know, played in nine preliminary finals. The only two we lost, we lost by a point. Um, seven grand finals, um, you know, four four wins. Um, it was a great era. And you consistently felt like, you know what, this could be our year, even when we weren't feeling like we had the best list. Yeah. You know, this could be, you know, a bit of luck. Um, we're not far off, you know, if it's not this year, we're building to it being it next year. Uh, we've now had a whole generation where I don't think they felt that. You know, we haven't felt it probably since about 2003 where, you know what, this could be our year. This could be, well, they're saying this could be our year if, to win a quarterfinal. It's <laughs> an yeah. so well, elimination if, final. <laughs> you know, well, if we, want, if we want to be a great club, I think we need to raise our, we need to raise yes. our sights a little, bit, yeah. a little bit higher than that. And, you know, you look at sides like, you know, Geelong has become a regional superpower in sort of yeah. – and and Sydney, um, these are the clubs. West Coast is 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 on its bum a bit at the moment. Brisbane, but, even yeah, yeah. You know, look at Brisbane. You know, Adelaide's always been. They've had the problems similar to us for the last few years. But you know, Geelong, Hawthorne. Um, I'm, I'm I'm happy to see Hawthorne struggling. I mean, long may so, it last. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. um, they they develop themselves over and over and over again and i think that we probably have navel gazed a little bit over the years and 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 fallen back on our history um i think that uh david barham grasps that and is is as president is leading from the front and you know think about my time on the board 98 to 2006 that you know for a lot of that graham mcmahon was there and he was a great chairman and really had a vision for the club was a tough hard leader, but also he had a, you know, he had a very strong board and probably not me, but he had guys like Tim Jonas and Neil McKissick and Neville Gay had been on the board longer than I'd been alive at that time <laughs> um, and was a great supporter of, of Sheedy. And so I think that Graham always knew that the board was going to support him, but also he encouraged really healthy um, discourse at board level. We discussed things, we argued about things, but once we reached the decision, we are the Essendon Football Club and this is the direction we're going in. And we, you know, he did not brook deviation from that. There was no, well, you can swing out wide and have your own views on this. Once we all reached agreement and we analysed things and we asked hard questions and probably a little bit towards the end, we weren't as, as vigorous and hard as we were at the start. And for me, I think you can fall into a trap of wanting to stay on boards too long. Yeah, and you know, if I was lucky enough and blessed to be back on the Essendon board, I, I would see a maximum of two terms for me. You know, get on, be really urgent. We want, we're going to build success. We want to be methodical about it, but you know, let's get urgent and have some success, and then get off and you know, develop the next round of leaders to come onto the board and stand for election. And 
you know, and going back to the whole election thing, I, I really strongly, and I applaud you guys for making the effort to have everybody on. Um, or as many of the people standing as 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 you can muster who want to come. It's an open on. invite, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think it's really important. We're all passionate. We all bring different things to the board, and that we've all got stories to tell. And I think that the more I hear other people talk, I, the more I think, you know what? That's a great idea. Yeah, that's, that's a Mate, really great idea. I just you've clearly got a grasp of what concerns you about the status of the club at the moment and mm. so there's obviously some very clear ideas in your head on that can you tell us what 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 is what are you bring, what are you going to bring to the board i mean i know your business experience and previous experience at uh, board level of the Essen footy club notwithstanding yeah what what do you th- what made you put your hand up this time and how are you going to apply your skills to what's required of the board in this new Essendon era if we can call it that yeah so I think that, uh, look, we're all, all the people standing um, are, are proud Essendon members, so we're all proud. We've all got different um, business experience, all got different life experience, but we've all got experience. And I think that what I particularly pride myself into, and it was something that I wasn't particularly good at 20 years ago, but is is having honest, hard discussions, but in a, in a um, respectful way, because you don't want to you don't want to be on a board and be the guy that constantly says no. Mm, yeah. Right? You don't want to be the naysayer. How do you influence? Right? How do you how do you just as one man on a board, how do you influence Well, I think it's a matter of I think it's a matter of of um and again we're a board of governance, not a board of management. So you're not sure. running the club on a day-to-day basis. So the the critical things are making sure that you get the right people into the right whole the right roles. Mm-hmm. Within the club, um, I, look. I think it's. I think it's having a. First of all, having a, a clear view in your mind about um, what you think the club should be and how and how how it should get there, and then also understanding what the consensus view is and being open and honest um, at a board level constantly about where you think we can improve. And um, trying to, I think it's also, you've got to involve yourself in the club. Again, we're, we're a board of governance, not a board of management, but you need to be seen around the club. And you also need to be talking to people, not just receiving your information from a limited range of sources, that you need to be down in the trenches um, with the people. You need to be at VFL games. You need to be in the rooms talking to people. You need to talk to the players, but not get in their face. You know, you're not there to be a, you know, a supporter, you're there to be a, a board member, mm-hmm. um, and just just watch and learn. And you can pretty quickly work out where things might be breaking down or where information's not getting through to a board sense. Now you're not there to run the footy department. You have experienced people. You know, the people, the, the board of BHP don't go and tell the the guy that's operating the you know the loader at uh, out in the Pilbara how 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 to load that's iron a good, ore. That's a good point. But, but they but they do very much have an understanding of, you know, efficiencies and where things might be breaking down. And they do go on site visits and they do go and look. So you've got to, you've got to look and you've got to talk. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious. There's been a bit of debate about, one, the size of the board, uh, whether 10 is healthy, um, and two, the amount of, which I think is up to about four, of how much the club can nominate 
yeah. really, or just have someone um, be a board member by their decision and, and not through, uh, I guess, a membership vote. What are your your two thoughts on that, on those two? I mean, I think that the size of the board is is you wouldn't want it any bigger. Yep. And but I think that I think that nine to ten is probably about the right number um, for a club of our our size and the, and the business. Um, I don't agree with, and I think I've been pretty prominent on this even before I was, you know, contemplating standing for the board. I don't think it's healthy to have so many people um, uh, appointed to the board by the board themselves. Um, I know that they have uh, a process and and they go through it, but has that changed uh, since your time in two thousand eight? So, well, I, was, I finished on the board in two thousand and six, but oh, sorry, we a, yep, yep. We had a board. We had a board of uh, of nine or ten with the capacity to appoint one. Okay. So I think I think we had a board of nine. We had a board of nine, which could be taken to a board of ten if there was if there was a skills shortage in particular. And I think that you do have to have the ability to point to appoint someone. And I think that um, uh, where they have appointed Dean Rioli is a really great example. Of that, I think Dean's going to make a really important contribution yep. to the club, and I think that um, we've been underrepresented. All AFL clubs have been underrepresented. Um, First Nations people have been underrepresented, and that is something that you do need to probably interview a number of candidates and then appoint someone to your board with, you know, a First Nations Indigenous person. Um, but I think that I feel, and this is my personal feeling that some of the problems that have cropped up in the last few years are because we've been consistently appointing people to the board and perhaps there hasn't been enough, there's been too much groupthink and not enough critical thought applied to decisions being made. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and and obviously some decisions being made cost money. So it leads me to, uh, leads me to my next question. So uh, and you know, I, I wanted to ask honest questions um, because yeah. I think I think you would need to understand this as a board member. So, uh, though you don't have the inner details, so I, I do get this. But Essendon just released their financial statement, right? So they they kind of promoted just over a million dollar profit. It's seen as a good thing. I I work in a in a um, I guess a, a top management kind of part of, of procurement. Uh, so yeah. overlook finance. Um, uh, they the classic phrase is "devil in the detail." You yeah. do see, and this has happened to quite a number of times over the past five, six years, where there's you break down the detail and things aren't as rosy for a club our size. I'll say that if I get if you're North Melbourne and that you might go, this is actually still great at outcome, but for a club our size, I still feel like we're constantly missing one or two million dollars profit, and it's just going down the drain. Um, and and so. When you see that financial statement, what are your thoughts are, and and do you think there still needs to be some accountability? Yeah, I think that uh, I, I I think that you're referring to the fact that when you read through it, you find that we spent another one point three million over um, staff costs were I think three point two in twenty twenty one and four point five in twenty twenty two, and that extra one point three is payouts presumably to the CEO and the coach. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, and I know too that there's open-ended legal matters governed by confidentiality agreements. Um, so potentially you've got the 
Mr. Thorburn, who was CEO for a day or two, um, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and indicated that he was talking to his lawyers and may or may not be taking action at the club. So that might be another one. Um, yep. Look, I think that there are obviously costs associated with change and letting people go, but it is disappointing that, you know, that it's another 1.3 million of um, members' funds that has gone out the door not really to to the benefit of, of, you know, certainly not to the short-term benefit of members, when you think that maybe, you know, it'd be great that that money was perhaps being used to build some covered seating for supporters out at the hangar. Yeah. Um, Sp- speaking of which, um, can we get your views? Scotty and I head out to the, the hangar quite a lot. Scotty, uh, much yep. more than I. Um, yep. And like, one of the things, I mean, the hangar's an incredible facility and it's, um, very understand. Corporate. Yeah, it's very corporate. <laughs> it's a it's a great facility for the players, great yeah. facility for the administration, and it is it was absolutely required to be built, and we understand why it was right. But I think yep. as we sort of stand on the sparsely grassed slash weed in uh, weeded <laughs> sort of out of there on the on the yeah. wings, we're wondering why we can't get a seat um, or, or two. So I guess what, yeah. what I'm just looking for do you think that there's more work to be done there um, on that part, and then just and part Part two to that is that one of the areas that I think Scotty and I from our listeners' feedback that we get a lot um, is that the Essendon Footy Club did a lot of corporate gigs um, last year um, and just Mm. as an example for last year, a lot of them were potentially or actually um, from some of the feedback that we got pretty unattainable price-wise. Can you tell us your thoughts on sort of family days and and using that facility and making it more um, fan-friendly? Yeah, I think that I think that um, the the hangar needs to be a space constantly in in evolution, and I don't. I think that when it was built, it was never envisaged that that it was a static thing. That that was it. Mm, yeah. Um, and that, but it, it's pretty clear. I, I've, you know, I, I up until recently, I've been based overseas, and I'm now back in Australia. But um, I haven't spent as much time at the hangar as I like, and I certainly haven't spent as much time there as I spent at Windy Hill. Mm. Um, you know, Windy Hill was a wasteland back, you know, 80 years ago or 90 years ago when it, when it was built and it evolved over time. Um, hopefully the hangar does too. But I think that it would be great if we could get some covered seating put in out there and maybe a larger cafe um, or the like uh, for, for people to, you know, and really make it a bit more fan friendly because I think it's great for the players too when you've got more people out at training and really encourage people to mm. be there and make it, you know, make it a, the the Essendon Football Club home in more than in more than name. Um, so I think that there's work to done. I'm pretty sure that the board probably feels that way too. The corporate side of things is always a balancing act, and but I think that there needs to be a range of things offered to people um, so that everybody, you know, one of the great things about a footy club, if I can just really quickly digress yeah, on this point. Footy clubs are a broad church, if you can, or a broad house. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that we all have in common is that we love the Essendon Football Club. And you've got people from all walks of life, different faiths, different races, different experiences, but we all go to the footy and, and, and we love the club. And I think that we need to be more recognising of that. And it's great that we have things, you know, that there's all there's different coteries, there's different groups. Um, we've now got obviously a, a, a pretty, I think, a, a successful women's team 
coming through a very successful VFL women's team and growing into, I think, will be a successful women's AFL team in the very near future. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Purple Bombers. Yeah. And we have, obviously, the other coteries like the Essendonians. And then right at the top end, there's things like it used to be called, I think, the Coleman Club. I don't know what it's called now, but, you know, top top tier. But, then there's the Lunchtime know, Catch-Up podcast, of course. Yeah, there's the <laughs> Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. And there's, you know, and then there's all sorts of people from all different walks of life on, on Twitter and Facebook and things. And, you know, I think that we need to do more to be able to engage all walks of life where they are, you know, in 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 state the, where they find themselves and make it a really welcoming, you know, particularly the hangar. Um, that might be the only interaction that some people ever have with the players. Mm. But mm. Um, I think that there's more that can be done there. I definitely think that we can do more. We can continue to do the corporate stuff, but we can also do more to engage members in in other ways. And get back to, and this is part of, I think, the thing of, of of having elections and people being elected to the board, because I'm there to serve the members. Yeah, right. I'm there to serve. I'm there. I'm not appointed to the board. I'm there to serve the members. Uh, that's all members. Yeah. Not corporates right. or not the cheer squad. Right. That's that is all members. And I think that, um, you know, that we can certainly do more and make things attainable. Um, not all of the time, but certainly more things attainable for all walks of life. Sure. I, th- I think a key area too, uh, and I've discussed this. So sorry for everyone else. It's a it's a it's a it's a topic, but I, I'm just so adamant about it. And so if you ever make the board, this is my thoughts. That how are we not? And this is coming into the family day, right? But yep. how are we not prioritizing so much more? on a 25-year-old and under who have never seen success. So I say mm. 25 because when you're four years old, you know, you haven't seen yep. anything. You don't know. You don't. So you could almost say 27. But so much young generation have never seen a competent club uh, and, and not putting you in that in the very early stages, but have, have never seen success, have never seen. My uh, girls have never seen success. Yeah. And, and I think David, David Barr, I'm sorry, but David Barr mentioned the same thing that, you know, he's got, yeah. uh, I think a teenage daughter or teenage daughters, not bringing his family into it, but he made the comment about, you know, it was one of his reasons for wanting change. And I agree with it, that his children had not seen success. And yeah, we have to absolutely be engaging that group. And I promise you, uh, again, it's a board of governors, not a board of management. But you know, whether I'm elected to the board or not, we're going to do more to make sure that fans are engaged. We're going to be banging on the door saying fans have to be engaged. Yeah, they right. need to see their heroes. They need to have some more interaction. They need to yeah. have an open hangar, and that's all part of it. It's just this organic kind of open feel to the club where they kids can go. There's my hero. I've actually just shook his hand. He just signed my footy. And even even know. if it's not all of the players all the time, because those guys have got to train, play, corporate gigs. They've got they've got yeah. a lot of commitments, right? So I appreciate the players come down for family days and and those sort of things. And I yeah. bet it, it's. Just another sort of task for them to complete in their in their jobs, right? I appreciate that. But the connection with the Essendon Footy Club, I mean, I, I'm 48 years old. I've been supporting yep. um, the Essendon Footy Club since I could say the word, and I'd never been inside the rooms at Windy Hill, right? Never, never been inside into the um, uh, the change mm-hmm. not the change rooms area, but that um, now that I know what it looks like, those steps up into the uh, the little assembly area there with the mural behind it, never been in there. 
right? Mm. I would have, would have given my eye teeth for the last 48 yep. years to have been in there. And then Mr. Cousins, um, he, he very uh, nicely invited Scott and I in um, to, yep. uh, just to sit there and watch uh, the boys get spoken to and that sort of stuff. Just, like I said, 48 years old. I've seen it all for the last 48 years. Hairs up on the back of my yep. neck. Hairs yep. up on the back of my neck. And it's, I know because I was two centimetres from um, uh, Michael Josh Hurley. Hare. I met Josh Hare. <laughs> I love that bloke. I still reckon there's a really good player there. Um, yeah. uh, but the hairs up the back of my neck. Now, you're not going to file everybody through the, the change rooms at Windy Hill. But what I'm saying is that the... the Just experiences. The experiences yeah. of it. The yeah. being, being like on a family day and having the boys there, that's fine. But also, like... Dustin, we've met Dustin Fletcher. We've met a few different guys. Just having them walking past and the 400-odd games and just an absolute club legend walking past, that's the kind of connection we're talking about. You don't have to have um, the players there giving handballs out every two minutes. Um, just the connection to the club because it's, it is a, it's a lot of everybody's lives. And you're right when you said that 20-odd years without any success is – the, the, the fans we've got now are the diehards because they're yep. the ones that really have stuck around. And, you know, we've got what 80, I think it's 86 or 88,000 members. Which is to be I mean, commended. And, 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 and which is fantastic. I mean, they're all masochists like us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just a little bit more interaction and we'd have 120,000 people. I agree. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced about that. And I agree that we need to bring it back to being the people's club. Excellent. Mate. Yep, yep. Now, mate, we've got to wrap it up, um, the interview, but what we wanted to do sort of... Having me on. No worries at all, mate. What I wanted to do is just give you a last sort of pitch um, for <laughs> your position on the board. Um, what, are you, what are you going to bring um, to the board of the Essendon Footy Club? Well, I hope that, I mean, like all of us, lifelong, passionate Essendon supporter, and um, I've had a, a pretty successful business career, so I think that I've got a handle on, on that side of things, and um, most people would have heard what I've got to say about that. Um, most importantly, I think that I will bring um, open uh, discussion back to the board, um, critical thought. Um, we will absolutely support the coach. We will absolutely support the president. But we're also at the same time, I think, just going to tweak things a little bit to, to bring the club back to being the people's club. Yeah. And that's why I'm standing, because I thought it's important to have an election and make people say what they believe about the club. Um, I think that you've got my views, and I think that um, I firmly want to see people, the members, uh, and people have been saying to me for a while, they just don't feel engaged by the club. And I don't think it would take terribly much, and people aren't asking for the earth for us to make people feel like, again, that this is their club. No, well said, well said, mate. Really well said. Thank you, Ben. Uh, look, great to have you on, mate. Uh, Grant. Terrific! Thank you very much. Any questions? Throw them at, at me. At, uh, you know, throw them at me at Twitter or, or wherever. And guys, you know, you do terrific work. Um, love your podcast. Um, it's it's always great to meet. You know, um, people who suffer from the same affliction that I do. <laughs> and a lifelong love of the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, yeah. So all the best. Right, oh, thank you very much. All the best in the. Uh, now we just to. I believe voting hasn't started yet. It's not kind of next not, week, next Monday, I think. Next Monday, okay. So, well, yeah. hopefully, um, I'll, I'll obviously our podcast on our Twitter will help release the information to members so they can go and uh, so make sure you get 
your membership cards ready. You'll probably need the number on the back. Absolutely. Uh, so get, every, get everything set uh, to vote and we encourage everyone to vote. So Absolutely. It's incredibly important. Yeah. I mean, with the clubs yeah, going through a hell of a lot of turmoil, um, we've, we've made the changes. They're done. They're in place. And now we've got people like you, Ben, brave people um, that are putting their hand up out of their own time to try and progress something that we all love. Um, so, um, again, not, not sort of picking anybody in particular, but people like Ben deserve your vote, so get out there and vote. Now, if I can just say one last thing, go Bombers. Go Bombers. Go Bombers. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, um, our second guest on the show tonight um, is another person who's, um, who is nominating for the board of the Essendon Football Club. He is a corporate governance professional and self-confessed lifelong Bomber fan. Uh, it's Mr. Paul White. Thanks for joining us on the show tonight, Paul. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Scott, also for having me tonight. Uh, our pleasure, Paul. Uh, look, uh, it's interesting... Um, I think the for me it's just a bit of a, a get to know you. Uh, 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 it's just just understanding your thoughts and um, uh, so I, I I guess the obvious question is that you always want to get out of the way is why are you running? <laughs> I'm running because I, I come up from a few points, Scott. Well, one you have to be passionate. If you're not doing this job uh, or desiring to do this job, you, you and then you're nothing less than passionate. Well, you're wasting your time. Secondly, I'm like many of the other candidates who I've seen come out tonight where, um, and I'm frustrated. I've been disappointed with 10 to 20 years of uh, on-field performance not being where it needs to be. But for me, more the off-field side and the inability to present a coherent and consistent message um, through our board and management structure. And thirdly, I think I have a relevant uh, pathway at this time because I am in my professional life, um, risk and governance professional. I run my own small risk and governance business. I sit on boards and audit committees and I advise boards on on this topic. And I think from those learnings over the years, combined with the passion and combined with the frustration, I've sort of had a number of friends and colleagues say, well, why don't you do something about this? Um, Because we're pretty annoyed by it all. And so I thought, well, Maybe just throw my hat in the ring. Um, it's difficult, sure. It's difficult to land on a board when there's so much competition and so much attention, and that's fine. But I think my representation to members is that I, I offer some genuine skills with the passion and and the equally shared um, desire to bring us back to where we should be, and that's number one. I guess uh, I, let's start with fan engagement, right? So I, I think that's been, you know, when we've been doing our show and we have a lot of interaction, so we get a lot, you, you just get a lot of comments, mm. comments coming back. Um, uh, probably a big theme is the disconnect probably between mm. themselves and the club. Um, mm. they're all mad club, club fans, but, um, but just, uh, whether it's the breakdown of the family days or, you know, as a young generation not connecting with the club or all they've seen is no success uh, uh, or the hangar being perceived as very corporate and the club corporate, yeah. and mm. the club being perceived as very corporate, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Um, 
how how are you going in and kind of because I think they want their voices represented at, at some sort of board level. Mm. So how how what are your thoughts on that and and how you would approach that? Okay, your your perspective and um, position on where fans are coming at is equally shared with mine. So let's just talk about that for a second. I'm, it is a very corporate feeling club. Um, the messages um, from the board are often very corporate. I don't feel as if there's a connection when you walk in the ground. Um, when you know back in the nineties, early two thousand, the eighties, you'd walk in and there was a you enjoyed being there and you felt that they want the club wanted you there. And over time, it seems to be this race of how many members can we get and just get more members and pile on the members. But the engagement coming back uh, mm. isn't where it needs to be. And things like, uh, remember the Bomber magazine that came out? And yeah. I used to love reading the Bomber magazine. And it, it was that level of investment to show, to put in the pictures and the stories. And, yes, it's on the internet now, but that's the cheap way. And it's the, it's the, it's, um, it's not an engaging style. It's when you want to tune in, whereas I used to love getting that in the mail. Um, and the surveys we used to get, we used to get regular surveys over there. What are we doing well? What would you like to see differently? Um, I'm not going to speak uh, Ill, uh, against about what other clubs might do in the AFL, but I'm also a Melbourne Victory member, yeah. and their engagement strategy is excellent. Um, the the days at the games where the players will turn up, the um, consistent messaging on your phone to encourage you to come along, um, deals at the shop. Um, the the I would get called from time to time if I hadn't been to some games. Hey, Paul, where have you been? Is everything okay? Um, very different experience to the Essendon experience. Now, a board member is not necessarily, uh, it isn't the representative of the club that fixes that. So we should have an engagement team in the membership department, in, in the fan base area, in the supporters initiatives that sort of drives drives those um, initiatives, some of which I've talked about, or better ones, to bring back that culture. And I think the board's position is putting um, putting engagement, um, understanding from, engage from the um, executive what they're doing about it and making sure that's reported to the board with metrics and data. Because if that was the case, then my recent exit from the club as a member, and obviously I had to rejoin to go through this process, wouldn't have been as offensive as it was because that should never have happened to me. So we keep talking a good game that we love the fans and we love the members and the members are so valuable. But if a member like me can exit the the organisation at a pure upsetness and not get a follow-up and not be asked, why did you exit? Then something is clinically wrong in the executive side and the management side. And by, by uh, implication, something is very wrong that the board's not hearing that or actioning it. So I think... The club just has to reposition itself with its fans. Um, yeah, we're done financially very well. And maybe that's it's at a time, Scott and Grant, that we had to spend the last five years rescuing ourselves financially. I think that's that's really good, uh, really good effort we've 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 made there. But the pivot back to the Essendon people is as timely as it ever been, and it needs to happen right now. Um, so I guess from what you've just sort of said, you, you, it's clear that you weren't particularly happy with the way the, the club is going. And like you said, mm. you've, you haven't renewed or you've exited your membership from the club mm. and, and that sort of stuff. That's great. Can I ask what your thoughts are knowing from the outside as, as much as we all do, what your thoughts are to date on Dave Barham's new board and the actions that they've undertaken so far 
um, mm. and where you see do you see them fitting in what you mm. what you wanted for the club moving forward? The likes of um, mm. appointing Denrioli and the um, mm. the development coaches, all of the moves that the board have made to date. Do you mm. think they're on the right track? And what mm. what else would you add to that? Or would you bring up at board level? Yeah, uh, a few things there, Grant. Um, the recent appointments. You have to have faith that they're making the right ones um, and the, the qualifications of the uh, two recent board members are exceptional. Um, the uh, appointment of Dean Rioli is an exceptional one and I've said to a few people um, who've asked, you know, the the Indigenous side of our club's culture is critical because we are the we are the leaders in advocacy and support of, of the Indigenous community. So I think that's really valuable. Mm. Um, my concern, though, comes that, too many appointments are made via the existing cohort of board members and not enough of member-based um, uh, board appointments. So, yeah, in this case, there was a few vac- there were a few vacancies, but I'd actually be encouraged to to hold those vacancies and go out to the fan to the membership base and ask to fill the four or five that were up, rather than fill them and then have two existing ones reappoint themselves. So, I think. I think there should be more of that going back to the community and going back to that well and searching broadly to find out what a, what maybe other members and uh, might have to say um, rather than internal appointments. Fine. The ones we've got you work with, they're very highly talented. Let's hope it works. The appointment of Brad uh, Scott was excellent. I mean, if ever I think we we have exceeded my expectations was um, holding the, that, um, the process in a really good confidential state. Clearly, the media didn't know what was going on and there were no leaks. And yeah, it, I agree. It, it was really good. I mean, you've got to be proud of that. Um, was that a moment of sheer luck or sheer good management? Let's hope it's good management because the alternate to that was the um, the Ben Rutten, I think the way he was dealt with was was very sad. It didn't feel like an Essendon way to deal with people. Mm-hmm. The And the immediate flip to let's get Clarkson, that's not good governance. And then the Andrew Thorburn three to five days was a horrific governance train crash. And that's not about the individuals on the board. There's not my comment. I mean, there's no directed to any one individual. But the fact that we couldn't cohesively work through that um, and the re- reactionary response as a risk management governance guy, it was really poor. And though that was what, that was what flipped me over to say, that'll do me. I, I don't want to see this anymore. And I think that's where I wanted to contribute. So we've had a mixed bag in the last five or six, five or six weeks, five or six months, let's say. Um, did, um, but did, are we heading the right direction? Let's hope. Look, I can only hope. I think, yeah. like, t- just having a conversation here, right? So something, think something that I think about with Ben Rutten. Um, I was, I too was concerned about how he exited, and it felt like a very unprecedented way. On the flip side to that, how we appointed him is annoyingly a very typical Essendon <laughs> way, <laughs> uh, which is no process. Uh, and it felt like, look, from afar, everyone can say, look, you're, you have, what do you know? But from afar, it felt like a very senior top person just went, that's the easier out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just appoint him. Mm-hmm. We won't, we won't worry about the market or who, mm-hmm. you know, who's, you know, well, but let's just appoint him um, from mm-hmm. post worst fold. He's ex-Richmond. Let's hope it works out. Um, I think I think that's been a concern for mine about uh, the the way we've uh, appointed, uh, I guess, 
coaching and 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 the way look even the way uh, it's been so uh, CEO intra led decision uh, uh, and how we've operated now it does feel like a change um, and and a bit of a blow up <laughs> of mm. procedure but you do hope we learn our lessons there I mean I think a lot in this and we're probably all agreeance on this you just hope two things. Please learn your lessons from Hope for Past from, and to let don't let this moment be a, just a pat on the back. Yep, we ripped everything up and, you know, and then we'll just relax everything because everything's done now uh, because that's, you know, the Essendon I grew up with in the 80s and 90s was very much, you know, you, you had Robert Shaw's and Judkins and these guys. What's happening next year? What's do we doing? What what the industry is doing? How are we going to get on top of this? How are we going to be elite next year? Like we're already thinking, and then that's. I just hope we don't settle on. Yeah, we did. We did all this change. Go for it, Brad. See you later. What are we doing next year? Like, how do we improve? How do we, you know, be a bit more um, proactive? Yeah. It's a real fear of mine, Scott. And I look. I would happily not be running if if I thought things were in great shape. I am encouraged by the Brad Scott experience, and I think that's that's been a really good one. But why is why is Geelong where it's at consistently? It's there because the board is resolute, strong, consistent, and the management team consistently reports to them, and they have a very clear, repeatable methodology. Um, you look at Essendon, you talked about great characters of that era. I mean, Graham McMahon, what a powerhouse as a president he used to be. There was no, there was no compromise. There's no compromise in our, in our values, in our culture, in the Essendon first. And that um, when you come to play for Essendon, it's it's a badge of honour you, you, you wear. Mm. Um, and as a member of Essendon at the time, I used to walk around with your chest you know, yep. strong and, and, and you'd fly your flag out of the, your scarf out of the car window and you'd say, bugger you, you know, I'm Essendon. So <laughs> we're not there. We're not there yeah. anymore. And you, the talk's continuous. We, we talk a big game all the time. Yep. If the talk turns into action and next year it's great and I'm not there, I'll be the first to say, well done, board, ripper. I just, I'm not necessarily confident that's the case. And if, if the member base who are going to vote see me as an alternative voice to add some member feel and some cultural feel and not the high the high end of town or um, uh, football smarts who comes at it with a different challenge to management, then that might yield a different result. Uh, I'm one of many. It's, no one has the, has the pure antidote to fix it all, but a comprehensively good structured board can do that. Yeah. And I, it's really encouraging to hear that from from you and the other candidates we've spoken to, Paul. In that, there's there's a great will, I think, and it's coming from a place of red and black, um, mm. a, a, a want and a real desire. Because, like you said, you've 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 got your own business, you've got your own life. You're um, you're an Essendon member, and I assume you're a busy man. And to put your time and effort into something that you see not correct and that you like you said you're applying your your life and business experience to that you can see has the opportunity to improve i think it's a it's commendable um and we, we obviously thank you for putting your hand up 
But one other question I've got is that there are some big names and big personalities on the Essendon board at the moment, right? So we've got um, uh, the Sheeds himself, we've got um, Welshie, we've got Dean coming in now, we've got some big names um, still on that board and some big names about to come onto the board potentially. How, how, do, you, how do you help influence the right outcomes in a situation like that? Now, I'd, I know they're not obviously just going to ignore another board member it's a collaborative approach um we're all assuming it at a uh, at a board level but i'm just wondering how do you compete and how do you help influence the right outcomes with those big names Mm. big personalities yeah great question grant i have worked on boards advised boards um dealt with some very high profile um government and professional business folks um and for me, I don't think the name or the reputation is particularly relevant in the service that I would offer. And that's because I back my skills and I back my knowledge of how a board and uh, management need to work together in sync. So um, probably 20 years ago, I'd be quite overawed by walking into a room and shaking Sheed's hands. Uh. That's not particularly relevant to me now. I mean, I've, I've been in the game of, of risk governance and board management for 20 years. I treat this as, um, as as an entry into this board as we are all like-minded individuals coming with different skill sets, equally passionate, wanting the best for the club, but we all, if the board's structured well, and I'm adding to that board, board, um, board environment, yes, with some big names, they come with very discrete skills I do not have. And so that's okay. I do not have a footy game plan or the footy smarts. I don't have a history of Indigenous um, support such as Dean Rowley would. I don't have, I'm not a managing partner of a consultancy firm, but what I am is a small business person with a very strong membership um, advocacy and fan base experience that's been compromised. So I just feel, Grant, that it doesn't matter the names. It truly doesn't matter the the, the largesse of it. Um, I actually would just look forward to working with equally passionate people who come with very different skill sets for one common goal, in the end, our goal is to get Essendon to win a premiership and to do that in a in an ethical, well-governed manner that the fans enjoy. I, I really don't see it as a big point, Grant. No, uh, really well said. I, I guess it's it's refreshing It's refreshing to hear that, I mean, I, I, I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth by saying this, but a bit more colloquially, would, would I be right in saying you don't really care that the, the big names are in there, potentially one of the biggest of all time? A, a board is a board. It should be run in a in an open and uh, and like like you said, with with considerable amounts of governance and mm. to the benefit of the club. And um, it's a it's it's a governance board after all. It's not a management board. So mm. I guess it's it's interesting to hear you say that a, a more simplistic view of the way you will deal with the board members and the bigger names in there is, is actually quite refreshing. I was I was worried you were going to say, well, look, I can slide on up to Sheeds and make friends with him real quick and I can do this sort of stuff. <laughs> it's Because sometimes I, I think on a board at, and at board levels and with the amount of time that I've spent thinking about the um, Essendon board is that mm. I don't think you need to be friends all the time. No. I, I, no. I really – I don't think you need to try and no. sort of – cozy up to sheets so that you can sort of maybe get him to influence outcomes and that sort of stuff. Mm. You, I appreciate your honesty when you sort of said that it, it, you've got the experience at board levels, you know how to deal with it at that level and that's what you'll take to the club because it's, 
It's the single-mindedness on the Essendon Football Club, not just the uh, the finances, which, again, I agree with what you said, is we've been excellent, but mm. the refocus of the board on the Essendon Football Club and what it takes to win premierships because we're, we're not there to chew up real estate in Tullamarine. We're not yeah. there to um, to look good on um, Channel 7 and on the Essendon website. We're there to win games of footy and then win premierships. So um, mm. I think that's a great answer you've just come up with, and I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, look, I really hope – thank you, and I really hope, Grant, that the other contenders have equal mindset um, because this isn't a game. This is not – all of us who I, I hope are nominating for this position – um, if, if we're viewing it as I, I want to be on a board because I think it's cool or it'd be funky just being in the Essendon um, um, corporate area, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. You have to come with the mindset of I'm going to support and achieve and make a board, um, make the board environment built for success and that we are all equal. I mean, the board is the sum of equals. It's not the sum of personalities. Um, and I've been on boards and audit committees where I've, I don't know very much about the personal lives of of um, each of the each of those members, and I don't go and visit their houses or go out with them. <clears throat> it's because we're driven by one focus to make the strategy work. Uh, and look, I think many years ago, I, I, when I was younger, probably wouldn't have done what I'm doing now because I wouldn't wasn't capable. But years and years of experience gives you a feeling that and an awareness that we're all flesh and blood, we're all uh, we're all human bring our skills together and work together to make an outcome. And again, just one last thing there, Grant, the, the fact, the reason I'm running is because there's a section of that strategy that isn't delivered yet. Yeah. And okay. that's why I'm here. Uh, I'm curious, uh, you know, we're, we've probably both grown up in the, in the eighties, nineties model. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes I can mistakenly get caught up in the romanticized kind of mm-hmm. version of that club and even now, you know, I, I we did a podcast recently and I apologised. I said, look, I haven't spoken enough about how well the AFLW uh, is going. And, and that's something that I'm just being innerly inner thinking just about how I represent because mm-hmm. right now you've got VFL, AFL, VFLW, AFLW, you know, Western United coming in, training mm-hmm. now. So this, the club is – you know, going onto a board of this club is a different dimension than what was 30 years ago. It's, it's, it's covering a lot of bases uh, (laughs) and, and, you know, there's going to be kids, uh, boys and girls who see, who see um, the AFLW and see, you know, go to the games and love it. And they want the same success. They want a premiership. And so how do you, I guess, uh, have you thought about that and about how much bigger the approach is and, and how you sort of cater for what represents the Essendon Football Club these days, and, and it could be could be the wheelchair, uh, uh, you know, mm. the league as well. You know, just it, encar- it mm. encapsulates so much now. Mm. It's a really big challenge for boards, um, uh, and the challenge comes as much around financially as culture. Financially, it is really tough in a very competitive marketplace with limitations on um, on AFL um, gaps and. Um, the coaching allowances and the player allowances to succeed in an expanding environment, which we're there to serve. So I, but that's all the more importance as to why a board needs to um, engage an appropriate management team with the right skills to manage through the finances. So that's difficult. That's absolutely, that's one of the, that's a governance issue that needs to be managed well. I think broadly though, 
if we are going to be the number one club in Australia again, which we are not, we are we should be the number one national code in football and any code of football where people all around the country want to wear red and black and irrespective. And so all those teams you talked about are absolutely relevant to the Essendon drive of the next generation because the next generation will be filled with young girls and young boys and um, those who, who, have, who are in wheelchairs or the Indigenous um, kids around Australia wanting to associate with Essendon. And why, how can it work? It can work when the passion that those girls showed, and I saw a few games, that first night against Hawthorne at uh, Marvel, I, I said to a few of my mates afterwards, geez, wouldn't it be good if, if our men's team could do this? I'm like, seriously, look at them. But you, you can tell the difference, can't you? Like, yes. you, you really can tell. They wanted it. Yeah, was, that's exactly right. They were so driven. And I actually, for the first time in a few years, felt proud to have an Essendon jumper on. Mm. And that felt really sad, but really important because, I thought, wow, there is, there's something coming through. It, it, Yes, this doesn't have the same um, pull in the media and doesn't have the same money behind it. No doubt. That's fine. And that, that needs to change. But, boy, oh, boy, did they give us stuff. Like, they were hard. And, and the, it's interesting. The club can still, clearly, they can still produce passion. The, mm. the club itself, mm. be it the AFLW team, it's still capable of putting out passionate athletes. Right, so it's 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 a point of encouragement for me when when I saw the um, mm. the women's team play for mine is that it was it was clear they were I know it's it's um it's a it's a dream realised for those um, girls to be playing on the big stage like that and that's great and I I reckon that first season's done now so they're probably mm. they don't want to be talking about being starry eyed anymore they want to talk about winning games of footy which is great <laughs> but there was a definite. Uh, difference Just between passion. the two teams. Mm. Yeah. But again, I, I, I tried to look for the bright side of it and it, it is encouraging to me to say that the Essendon Football Club, be it AFLW now, is still mm. capable of putting out um, really passionate uh, and easily identifiable hungry mm. athletes. When you the remember pro- the way they sang the theme song after that game? I thought, Christ, I haven't seen that in ten years. Jeez, it, it puts yeah. the hairs up, doesn't it? And, yeah. and that's yeah. why, like, it's got to help with like a board application like this because it's a big job for you um, mm. if you're successful. And but it's, I tell you what, geez, if you if you're struggling and you're and you're a bit tired and you got to go to a board member uh, board meeting, mm. it would be it'd be good to just play that that mm. song in the car on the way to the board meeting <laughs> to get the hairs up. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, uh, so how do you? I guess. If we're talking about the, I guess the 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 most talked about part is unfortunately the men's program uh, because it's it, you know it is it's what it's what we see in the news and it's hundred and how many odd years of it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, I guess how do you see that? Like uh, for me, uh, I've been very vocal that I thought we dropped completely dropped the ball on the VFL program, mm. and that dropped the ball then on the development through the VFL program. Mm. Um, I guess what's your thoughts around that? And, you know, it's an interesting time because uh, we're very much a very young team. Uh, so there's two folds for me on this. One is the, the development and getting that right. But then uh, I won't say who I did, but I, I, I reached out to uh, a board member that's not up for election. So don't worry. <laughs> um, but I, I, I made my voice very clear that um, – at some point, this club's got to start from the top down, start teaching what standards and leadership is 
that flows down because I said I, I can see it on the field and I can see it off mm. the field, both both being collective, mm. non-leadership values and standards that should be set at a club and said, I said, it pains me when I watch Geelong and see mm. how what the difference is and the, the, such a big gap. Mm. I guess what are your thoughts around leadership as mm. a general on setting standards as a club and coming from the top? There are three there are three elements to the 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 way that that is manifested in the organization I think Scott so you have you have the chair of the board and the board that group needs to be professional well governed clear in its mandate clear in its expectations of management you have the CEO and the CEO's team must be highly skilled in their chosen pathways whether that's in marketing finance um, communications IT whatever it is and the third bit is the coach. Um, so we call Brad Scott and his yeah. broader team and the development team and the pathways they put in. So the club only succeeds when those three things work well. So they must have the same values, ethical um, considerations, strategic desire and drive. So the reason why, I, I suspect, and this is just purely a guess, is that the, the playing side has fallen away for so long is that the management side doesn't get the most out of it, the coaching side through its management of the coaching departments. The coaching position itself has flipped and flopped and we've given up, tried again, and the board um, hasn't been able to harness the energy of those two groups particularly well. So that's why it's gone so wrong for so long, is that those three groups don't work very well. So, you know, the, the, the appointment of Brad Scott and the appointment of the next CEO is so important. I've yeah. said this to a few people. The CEO, if we get this right, it can change really quickly, I think, Scott, because that's the nexus of actually the day-to-day operations yeah. and the, the drive and the, that operational excellence that we just, we're just striving for. If that works with Brad Scott and a harnessed board, this can flip around really quickly. Look at Collingwood's change. So it's not all's lost. But I, my fear is we've um, we've spent a lot of time wasting time, and if we stuff it up again and can't get that alignment, then we'll still go through this process. And in five years, I'll be having another chat to you, <laughs> having another go. And I don't want to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yeah, they're the three parts that make it work. Yep. Mate, can I get your opinion on um, what involvement should probably? But more, more so the president, I assume, who's generally the mouthpiece for the board itself. Mm. Can I get your opinion on how vocal should a president be as from a board? Now, mm. I, I, I hark back to the likes of Eddie, who's mm. and he's never found, never seen a microphone he didn't like. Um, but the likes of Eddie and the likes of Kennett and some of the more higher profile presidents, mm. some of it. Some of what they do, I don't agree with because I think mm-hmm. the, the the board should be a lot more sort of silent behind. Well, behind the scenes, doing what they need to do to, for the success of the club. But mm. one one element mm. of what I did like about the likes of Kenneth <laughs> and the likes of of Eddie was if if we're having a really down period or where. Um, we're not performing and it's clear that it's game plan or it's effort or it's something's going on. I, I personally find, and a couple of people have mentioned to me, that I find comfort in 
the likes of an Eddie when if, if the Collingwood are playing bad, they'd come out and say, right, well, <laughs> this is not good enough, right? This, mm, this isn't mm. good enough. Um, it isn't mm. what we've agreed. It isn't what we've planned for. And I'm going to be talking to the coach and the CEO and the head and mm-hmm. everybody, and we're going to sort this out. So, mm. dear members, um, we pre- we understand uh, where we're at at the moment. We understand your frustrations, um, and I will report reporting back via the mm. the normal professional channels. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what's your opinion on the president doing that? Is it stepping too much on a CEO or a coach's toes to yeah. do it, or would you endorse that? No, I I have a fair bit of pause on this one. Um, how about looking at it this way? Collingwood, Geelong, Brisbane and Sydney, the top four this year, you can't name the chair of the board, you can't name the board members, they're silent, you don't see them. Okay. Now, that's not because they have nothing to say, but broadly speaking, good times, boards are generally quiet, but you don't need to have a high degree of vocal outward experience as a board member or chair. I think the CEO can take a fair bit of responsibility for that. I do, though, think that folks like Eddie and Jeff, as you've mentioned, have a great deal of value when they harness the members and the fans' emotions. And that's what those two guys did really well. And Eddie brought Collingwood out of the mire by saying, we're Collingwood, get out of the way, we're coming back. Yeah. And that engaged power and unity with the people. Um, it's a difficult one for us to know, I think, Grant, because we've had the supplements issue which meant that we've been like all hands on deck. And unfortunately, I think the board still does a bit of all hands on deck um, and doesn't um, divert to management some some areas that it possibly could. Um, but maybe it's still a legacy of the fact that the media is on us all the time. Tuning down that media can come with a better cohesive board management boards and footy structure because then all, all they're going to talk about is football. The only reason they talk about us is because we've made a bugger up or there's a problem in governance or there's a failure in management or the team's not playing well. It can change that, you know, Dave Barham, I think he's come in at a bloody difficult time to be, to be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like really, I mean, how hard is it? All credit to him for stepping up because it's a tough gig. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't, I'm sure he'd like some peace and quiet too. So, you know, with the new CEO and Brad, um, that might just come his way. And that would actually be beneficial. And we return to the um, the chair of the board being an advocate for great performance and exactly those points you were just making, Grant, you know, a, a supporter as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, like you said, the the quiet, a, a good board is a quiet board because it's doing its job in the background and the, and mm. the management team feels supported by the board and so do the players to whatever extent that that's required and all that sort of stuff. But I, I don't know. I mean, if, if you're successful for the board, from my point of view, just a, a little, I don't know, a little bit of, and and Paul Brasher, the previous president, was the consummate professional. He sat in front of the um, the mural at Essendon, and he gave us the facts. And you can't ask so much more than that from a president. He mm. he gave us the facts. He gave us what was um, relevant for us to to listen to, and that's commendable, right? To to the standard of the professional that he is. Mm-hmm. But mm, geez, I don't know. It might just be if it. It'll probably come from Brad Scott because he's a, a forthright mm. and sort of big personality. But mm-hmm. it might be nice to to hear from um, David every now and then, just along the lines of. Sure, I'm a I'm a president of a board of an AFL football club, but every now and then I'm a supporter as well. Mm. So just a little, maybe something from him or something from the new CEO that goes, look, guys, yep, all right, that's three in a row we've just lost, and we just lost them bad. Uh, 
bear with us, please. Please, but don't mm. don't just give us the media sort of. We're improving each week. We're hopeful <laughs> to win next week. That's the stuff. That kind of we're learning. Um, we're learning. We're learning. The learning, the learning piece. Yeah, I, I think a bit yeah. more forthright treatment of the members to yes. say, but uh, uh, look, guys, not not acceptable. I understand. I've got a meeting with Brad Scott next week. We'll talk about this, um, mm. and we're, we're on. We're gonna we're gonna improve and blah, blah blah. A bit more forthrightness from somebody in that senior team as well who can. Put the corporate speak to aside for one minute and just sort of say, look, I, I, I'm a supporter as well because it's it's one of your strengths, I think, for your candidacy is mm. that you can say – everybody can say they're an Essendon supporter that's on the board, but if you spoke that up and said, look, guys, I'm, I'm passionate. I hate losing. I hate <laughs> it with a passion just as much as everybody else does. So if we're losing three or four or two or three in a row, whatever it is, it's unacceptable because we're not – I've said this before on the podcast a fair bit. We're not one of those, and pardon my French listeners, but we're not one of those busted-ass clubs that might be mm-hmm. um, transferring to Tasmania or going to Gold Coast or anything like that. The Essendon Football Club, damn it. We are way better than this, right? So mm-hmm. when, when we, and again, it's probably like the Geelong, but you never see it. They would not accept this, yeah. not in any yeah. way, shape, or form. So and I'm, I'm, I'm chewing up a, a fair amount of your time here. No, you've done uh, well. You've said it well. You said it for me. Yeah, mate. Um, so I guess just just yeah. to wrap up tonight, I know mm. we, we've, we've got to keep it up, but to wrap up tonight, can mm. you give us your sort of your final pitch to members on um, mm. and why you think you're uh, you're suitable to get onto the SNA board? Why should they vote for you? Yeah. Um, outside of what I'm um, hopefully they've listened to for the little <laughs> last little while, um, the message is that I am an average fan an average member who has for 20 years watched the degradation of the performance in many areas of our club's operations, whether that be off or on the field. And I am only doing this, potentially this role if I'm successful, to better the club with a voice of the member who tolerates nothing less than the best for this club. The culture and the performance of this club is important to all our lives. We spend so much time on it. And we want our kids to be coming to the football or raised in families where they say, I'm proud of it, I'm going for Essendon, rather than coming home saying, why did you make me go for Essendon? That, that time has to stop. Yeah. And my message in the, in, the, in the nomination form that you'll see on the website is I use the word appeasement. I'm not here to appease anybody. We've got to stop appeasing everybody for our folly and our mistakes and bring back that roar of what Essendon's about with a, a cohesive and aligned board, I think we can do that. And I just want to be part of that journey, focusing on members and fans' wishes um, and bringing a positive attitude from that side of things. And um, that's that's why I want to be different to the existing cohort. Mate, really really well said. It's a simple message that I think to, that would resonate with our um, listeners definitely. So um, thank you very much um, for joining us tonight, uh, Paul. We really appreciate um, you, you taking the time to come on. Um, like we said um, on the previous interviews, we really encourage um, every Essendon supporter out there to vote. Um, people like um, you are taking out from your, um, from your busy life, um, like we all are, um, to put back, to try and – maybe right some wrongs, but maybe put back into the Essendon Football Club and you're to be commended for doing it. Um, so thank you very much for joining us on the on the pod tonight. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Scott. And um, all the best. And one last word, go Bombers. Yes, go Bombers. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Paul.
Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast cares a lot as well. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Well, another great interview um, that we did there with, um, Paul with Paul White. What I also did notice too, Scotty, is that we didn't do a, uh, a sort of a wrap-up of our first interview. Uh, with Mr. Dunn, we just sort of we we went from Mr. Dunn straight into Mr. White. Oh, but um, both both rightfully were really really positive. Uh, I I would have no issue that they both easily could represent the Essendon Football Club absolutely. on the board. Heart uh, and minds very in the right pas- spot. Both passionate, heart in the right spot, qualified. Uh, you know, I'm not going to play any favoritism at all because I don't think it's my right. Um, uh, as a Especially host, with, a, as a with host. a platform, yeah, with yeah, a yeah, platform, with this we kind of platform. So uh, I just want to make sure the voices and the information are out there. But you know, I can say equally they're both really impressive and 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 you know very very encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the the fans have got a fair bit to consider. And I, I, I mean, I voted in previous um, uh, elections, and and that's fine. As is every every member's right. But I just think this year. Every year is important, but this year is really important because the club, we blew the club up. Dave and his team blew the club up for the reasons that we all know. And it is vitally important now that the members who, Scott, you've spoken to, to, to David Barham and he understands, when we spoke to Welshie, he understands. Um, and the club understands that we need to engage more with the members. There is no more vital and no more fundamental right of a member than what you you have the ability to do now. If mm. you want your voice heard and your influence that your membership brings to count at the Essendon Football Club, vote. Right, Familiarise yourself with, um, with Paul White and Ben Dunn and Andrew Muir and Welshie and all those guys. Not just just what you read, but do some research on them. Um, if you can get hold of them on Twitter or the socials, ask them questions between now and the vote. Yeah. So do that and then familiarise yourself, um, pick the one you want to vote for and get involved and vote because it is the absolute, it's like voting in an election, normal election, a, a country election. It's it's a fundamental right that you have to influence the out, outcome of a club. And one of the things that we know the club isn't doing or hasn't done particularly well recently is engaging with its um, grassroots members. And this is the way to do it, is to is to vote for these guys. So, yeah, yeah re- really encouraging um, interviews. We really enjoy doing them. So, um, yeah, get out and vote. Look, that's it for us. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to all the candidates. Like Grant said, go out and vote. Uh, we'll have some. We'll definitely have draft coverage um, n- mid next week uh, after all the uh, selections are made. So yep. we'll be well on top of that and having guests on. So uh, the Andrew Muir show will also come out. Um, I don't know if it's early next week or very late next week, but we'll make that call. But yep. um, but that will that will come out also uh, very very soon. So uh, for all the uh, huge response to our Patreon shows, a massive massive thank you. <laughs> That's just uh, great. Uh, you know our Patreon has just taken off leaps and bounds. Yep. Uh, and the Discord page, Discord get page, as part of it. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of people are, are going on it and just interacting and talking Essendon. So uh, Patreon is three dollars a month. Uh, just go lunchtime catch up Patreon. Um, the lunchtime catch up Patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime catch up um get in there and join um the rest of our um, patrons we've had some 
really great um, uh, people join up. A lot of people join up recently. Um, when you're on there, Scotty can send you through the link uh, to the Discord page. It's an incredible forum to talk absolutely everything and anything Essendon. There's pages on um, training. There's pages on players. There's pages on draft. draft there's yeah. pages on all sorts of cool stuff. Um, I was flicking through there a while back, actually, and it's it's really interesting. There's there's not a lot of mediation that goes on in there, and uh, inter- interestingly enough, everybody's keeping it nice and neat and tidy in there, which we really do appreciate. Um, then, of course, obviously, there's yeah. the Facebook page and uh, Scotty on Twitter. And just even on the uh, Patreon page, obviously, we had an exclusive interview with Mateus Filippo. Uh, Filippo, uh, yep. I was going to get that name wrong, but that was that, that was like a straight half an hour chat, and that's just you can only hear that on on our Patreon show, and that's what we do. We're going to have some exclusive interviews when the season starts. Then we have multiple shows almost during the, <laughs> during each week. So we, Absolutely, we so, have yeah, two yeah. instant reaction shows from the game just directly after the game. Uh, we have the Thursday team selection show, so a whole lot of stuff. So it's it's you know considering it's three dollars, you definitely get your money's worth. So thank you everyone. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Let's hope the draft goes well for us. Uh, good luck, big red fire engine, as Grant would say. Yes, indeed. Uh, and this is the lunchtime catch up podcast signing off. Catch you later, guys. <laughs>